Above 180 is now on Stitcher. Listen to us on your iPhone, your Android phone, Kindle Fire, and other devices with Stitcher. Stitcher's smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at Stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is Ty Rose. He is a coach for Team Canada, the owner of Gold Medal Bowling Boutique, and a contributor to the Bowling This Month magazine. You can follow him on Twitter at Canuck underscore coach. So at Canuck underscore coach. His website is goldmedalbowling.ca, so check that out as well. Ty, thanks for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Well, Ty, I thought we'd uh, first off begin by you taking a chance to explain kind of your background and your history and how you got started in bowling to the Above180.com listeners. Well, uh, got started in bowling probably like most uh, youth bowlers, get their parents, sign them up, and, uh, you know, fall in love with the game from a young age. So I've been bowling since I was about five, and that makes about 26 years now, and, uh, you know, worked my way up the ranks as a bowler. But then in my, uh, my mid-20s, having some experience with the national team as a bowler, I realized that I, you know, loved coaching and decided to kind of go that more that direction. Um, since then, I've you know uh, taken over the pro shop uh, at uh, the bowling center where I, I, uh, I grew up, like you mentioned, the uh, gold medal bowling boutique, and uh, been involved uh, in the national coaching program and the junior program here locally, and just doing what I can uh, on as many levels as I can to try to help grow and promote the sport. There's many coaches that have uh, their firm beliefs and philosophies. Are there any coaches that either have been on above 180 or that you've encountered uh, during your lifetime that have made an impression or an influence upon your? Uh, well, an impression or influence upon me is there's several to, to list from, from a young age, both, um, you know, to help me as a bowler and just inspire me to, you know, give back to the sport. Um, from a coaching point of view, um, I'd say the one who's the biggest influence would be uh, Rick Benoit, um, who I've met a couple times. And um, my uh, involvement on the PBA message boards back uh, two years ago when, you know, he would be on there a little more regularly, um, the way he talked about and, and you know, uh, his thorough understanding of all aspects of the game, not just the physical game, but the mental side, the tactical part, you know. So I've tried to model that kind of all-around approach and, and be as thorough as possible in my understanding of every element. So. And Ty, one of the coaches who we recently just had on was Joe Slowinski. Uh, talked yep. to Joe, and one of the things that he's a big proponent of is the dropping your shoulder aspect to uh, to bowling. So, what are your yep. thoughts on that? And how how do you when it, when a uh, when you sit down with a, a lesson for a youth bowler or an adult bowler? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, first I'll just say I mean I, I read Joe's articles in, in Bowling this month uh, all the time. Um, 
my opinion, he's a great writer, and I love you know reading his stuff. And and you know I think his stuff is great both for coaches and for um, uh, players to you know improve their understanding of the game. Um, as far as the, the dropping your shoulder, I mean, I grew up in that age where you know it was still most people were telling you to you know keep your shoulder up. If you drop your shoulder, you're going to be throwing it offline. And you know um, I'm really happy I didn't listen to them as a bowler, and uh, I'm I'm really happy to see now that it's becoming a you know, a predominant trait in, in you know, the, the great bowlers of our time that, you know, you've got to have your, your shoulder down a little bit. And, I mean, Joe refers to it a lot in the starting position and, and during the approach as, you know, lateral trunk bend, um, which is, you know, kind of a more technical way of saying, basically, for me, uh, in a starting position, get your head over the ball. And, you know, I think that is really important nowadays for that straight swing and, you know, especially if you're trying to implement uh, today's modern power game, you can't get by with, with your shoulders trying to be parallel to the ground. You've got to have them dropped a little bit. So, Ty, what would you say would be a, a good suggestion for players? Uh, let, let's take the age 40 and above. I, I know Tim and I grew up listening to our coaches, and we didn't drop our shoulder. And yeah. I know I've made a concerted effort at 58 years of age to drop my shoulder the last few years. And I've definitely seen an improvement in, in role and leverage and balance. Uh, yeah. in re- release point power. Uh, but again, I, I've done it through, you know, trial and error more than anything. So is, yeah. is there a, almost a quick fix for those who've been stuck for 20, 30 years not dropping their shoulder? Well, as, as far as a quick fix is concerned, I can't say that when you've got that many years of muscle memory that anything's going to be that quick. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, um, for most bowlers, how you start is, is how you're going to finish. So the more... Um, you can drop your shoulder in that starting position, the more likely you are to maintain that position, you know, throughout your, your approach and your swing. So, you know, for, for people who are just being introduced to that, I like to try to, you know, just modify the start position a little bit. Like I said, try to get your head over your bowling ball. If, if your bowling ball is basically um, in front of your, your shoulder or basically swinging under your armpit, you know, if you can get your head over that, automatically your shoulder is getting dropped because there's no way to get your head over your bowling ball, get your head that far right, without leaning over a little to the right and getting your, your right shoulder uh, dropped. So one of the uh, controversies, I guess you could say on this, is can you drop your shoulder too far? Can you uh, almost uh, put your body out of position when you drop your shoulder mm-hmm. to an, uh, an overextended, uh, an over-exaggerated position? But what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that, uh, like anything else, you know, you, you can exaggerate things. Um, anything in bowling is, is about repetition to me. And if you are dropping your shoulder the same way every time, um, I, I think you're much less likely to, you know, get you know, out of alignment. Um, what I really look for when I'm looking at people's torso throughout the approach, not just lateral bend, but also their forward bend, is to try to, you know, see that they are keeping the same position throughout the swing. Um, when I see people's bodies and shoulders and, and you know, heads moving all over the place, um, you know, letting kind of the weight of the ball dictate where their body is going, um, that's where I really see a problem. So, you know, to me, it's, it's not necessarily about how much the shoulder is dropped. Once you get to that, you know, minimal amount that is, that is good, it's more about making sure that it's uh, the same amount throughout the swing, that your shoulder's not going up and down and, you know, your body's not moving all over the place while you're walking up and down the approach. Uh, Ty, uh, I have a question regarding your coaching philosophy. When, when a student comes to you and, and they need help with their game and they're unsure what is wrong with their game at the current time, 
Yeah. Now, do you um, have a set, uh, like, philosophy or, or uh, a status of how you rank their, say, swing, hand position, body position, uh, their yeah. their uh, amount of steps, or, or do you just well, kind of do it individually? Well, I try to take it on a kind of a case-by-case basis. I will say that it's very rare that I have somebody come to me and say, I don't know what's going on. Most people will have a theory on what's going on, and it's usually not right. But at least it gives me a starting point of what they feel is going on and what to look for. Um, it does kind of depend on, on the level of the bowler that I'm working with. If I'm working with, with a beginner or an intermediate type of a bowler, almost invariably we're going to be working on the big muscles, you know, working on the footwork, working on, on the, the, the core position and the swing, because um, that's the fundamental stuff that, you know, you can't get by without. Um, once you start getting into the, the higher um, levels bowlers who already have established and pretty fundamental, you know, physical games, uh, then we can start working on refining some techniques um, looking at, um, you know, release drills and things like that. But I, I really think that before you can start refining the, the smaller muscles, like using your hand and your, your wrist and things like that, you've got to make sure that, you know, the, the big muscle groups, your, your legs, which are driving you to, you know, get your, your speed and, and your torso, you know, that, that is, you know, really the stabilizing force in your swing, um, that those things are working properly and doing, getting you into the right positions at the right times of your approach and, uh, you know, work from there. Again, joining us is Ty Rose. Ty is a coach for Team Canada, runs his own uh, pro shop up in up in Canada in the Montreal area. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Canuck underscore coach, at Canuck underscore coach. So, Ty, I want to switch gears a little bit here. Talk about uh, what people can do. Like A lot of – we're getting to that point of year where folks are starting to – get their tournament arsenal ready. They're starting to look at their equipment. They've been, you know, about eight or 10 or 12 weeks into league play and kind of see where they maybe need some holes fixed in their game, in their arsenal. Uh, what are some things that maybe that bowler, let's first, let's take the bowler averages, say 180, 200, maybe hasn't started bowling tournaments, but wants to start getting their, their equipment ready, their game ready, kind of look at what they need to do. What can they start doing to get ready for a city tournament, state tournament, and obviously the uh, in the States here, the USBC Open coming up starting uh, next year? Okay, well, I mean, it's kind of a two-part question from what I understand that you were asking. And first about equipment, um, you know, what I find that a lot of uh, guys in that average range or, or women in that average range tend to do is they limit themselves with their equipment shapes. Um, they like, you know, either a strong back end or a strong roll or a certain type of ball motion. They have something that pleases their eye, and they tend to always get bowling balls that do that. So they end up with two or three or four or five bowling balls that, even though they might have different layouts or they're from different companies, they have very similar shape characteristics and very similar ball reactions. So you kind of limit yourself when you're traveling around to different centers and, and different patterns, and especially when you start bowling on maybe some tougher conditions. You know, if you don't have a variety of shapes in your bag, you're, you know, you're limiting yourself right away. Um, the second part of that is just kind of what you can do to, to prepare for these events. And, you know, uh, I think that it kind of depends on which kind of bowler you are. Um, looking at that average range again, kind of 180 to 200, usually there's kind of two groups of those people. There's um, the guys uh, and, and the girls that are um, fairly fundamentally sound, but not particularly versatile. They have a fairly narrow window of where they like to stand and throw. And to them, I would just, you know, say make sure when you're practicing, you get out of your comfort zone. You know, go get farther right than you used to play and get farther left. Play in different areas of the lane and try to really expand where you're comfortable throwing the ball. The second group is, is, is people who 
uh, probably need some help on their physical game. They're fundamentally, you know, a little bit flawed, either timing or, or their swing plane is a little bit off, or, you know, their footwork could use some work. Um, and in, in that case, definitely, um, you need a second set of eyes. You've got to go get a coach and, you know, work on some of those things. And sometimes it's just a small physical cue that can, you know, really change, you know, how you're throwing the ball and, you know, your performance, you know, at that next level going into some tournaments. You know, Ty, I'm in full agreement with your uh, analysis there of player, uh, players' range of play, let's call it. I mean, I've been drilling since 1973, and one of the first questions I always have for a customer is, do you have a certain area of the lane that you feel comfortable playing, and mm-hmm. how far away from that range can you play? Mm-hmm. And, and the majority, uh, and I do say this uh, honestly, and that's probably 90% to say I like to stand near that center dot and look at that second arrow. Yeah. And then my next question will be, well, what if you move five boards left or five boards right with your feet and, and modify your target on the lane? Can you mm-hmm. play that? And, and the majority say I have difficulty doing that. So yeah, it, it seems that that's a major, uh, let's say, fault or drawback a lot of league players have. Good league players, but again, they're... they're Range of play is so limited. Um, yeah. How, how do you get them to do to do it? Just just play different lines in practice sessions. Yeah, it, it's it's really tough. The, to me, it's it's like taking even a higher end bowler who's not used to playing on short oil. Um, uh, it's the same idea. It's you know really. I think a lot of it is just the visual aspect of it, and you know moving out of that comfort zone. You have this all of a sudden. You're you know you know so close to the gutter when you have to move five boards right, when you're really not even close. And I think that for most bowlers who have that kind of narrow comfort zone around, you know, 15 or 20 with their feet, it's, it's really it's, it's just going practicing and spending time, you know, out there or in there, depending on which way you're moving left or right, and try to build some confidence in that area and realize that, you know, you can move five boards to the right or eight boards to the right, and, and you're not going to be throwing it in the gutter because... At, if you're aiming at ten board, you know to start, and you're aiming at five board when you're you know moving right, you still have like five inches before the gutter, and it's really not as close as you think. But visually, it's it's terrifying for some people, and and you just gotta try to get over that. It's like anything else, you have to face the fear and just do it before you can try to um, really improve and and you know get to the next level. Right, and and I try and explain to customers as well. Once you learn to play, say a. Uh, a third board or a fifth board or eighth board, uh, it'll start feeling comfortable and the game becomes so much more enjoyable and fun because your range of play has been increased by, by, by so much. Your chances of scoring are so much better and, and that's the way the game is meant to be played. I, I tell customers all the time, when you can play from board two into about board 22, you are then becoming a bowler because nothing will phase you or, or strike fear in your game in that you, you just don't have the comfort factor. Yeah. Now, no, regarding, I, I agree with now that. regarding equipment, uh, unless you have a follow there, Ty. No, I, I, that's a great way to state it. And, you know, the higher level you're trying to get to, the more you have to be able, the, the wider range of, of, you know, lane play you have to be able to do. So... To me, it becomes more fun. I mean, bowling becomes more, and it's always going to be challenging because Mm -hmm. we sometimes create our own challenges, but, (laughs) but, you know, it's like any sport. The more involved you get, the the more complex it becomes, the more interesting Mm -hmm. it becomes. 
Now, yep. re- regarding range of motion with bowling balls, I, I agree. Many players come in and they, they, they like a certain visual that they're accustomed to and feel confident with. And in most cases, it's hockey stick shape compared to the, the banana shape, let's say, the, the smooth arc. Yet, yep. you know as well as I do, there are times you need balls that have slower responses on friction compared to the quick response. And sure. we as ball drillers can manipulate that with either ball choice or layout choice or surface preparation. Do, mm-hmm. do you have a certain method you, you prefer to use when you're trying to slow down that ball reaction for a certain individual? Uh, it will depend kind of on their style. Um, I think, you know, use the dual angle layouts for, for when I'm looking at stuff and trying to match layouts up to the bowler. So obviously based on that, I, I do, the, I tend to attack it in that, you know, um, laying down the core a little bit to get it to roll, you know, a little sooner and get that smoother arcing motion. Uh, but I really try to take it on a case-by-case basis. And sometimes you you can't, uh, as much as you want to uh, push somebody into a totally different reaction shape, uh, you still have to give them, you know, you compromise a little bit. Try to get them into a little different shape, um, but don't, you know, force them into a ball that, you know, they're going to hate because it's not even close to what they're used to. And, you know, we, I, I've had you know, examples of bowlers who, you know, they, they come in with a, an idea of what they want for a bowling ball and you try to talk them out of it and they don't, you know, they don't get talked out of it and they, they don't like it. Uh, or, you know, you talk somebody into something and, and it's a great shape and, you know, they, they, they're struggling on the fresh. You get them, you know, lined up on the fresh oil, but they hate it because it doesn't, you know, hook like the way they want it to hook. And, it can be, you know, a frustrating experience if you push somebody too far, too fast with, you know, different characteristics. So I think it's really a, a case-by-case basis on that one and try to work with both the comfort of your, your customer and, you know, you get them to push their boundaries a little bit at a time. Well, Ty, I want to move next to the mental aspect of things in coaching because I know for yeah. me as a league player, this is something that uh, that I struggle with, and I know a lot of bowlers struggle with having uh, getting their mental game to focus. And even, frankly, as as to, okay, the lanes are changing, we're hitting some transition, what's the first thing I should do? Uh, I ran into yeah. this scenario last week at bowling where once I moved my target down the lane to delay the ball from hooking, I wasn't, I didn't have to move my feet farther left than like you guys are talking like it was uncomfortable playing and I was actually back in the in the one three again so just talk about mentally what you do to help bowlers uh, that you coach well mentally the the two biggest things that I see and the things that I think bowlers of every level can improve on um, not just you know the beginners but even the higher end bowlers talking about them. I'm amazed sometimes at the the mental skills that they don't use they know they're out there they use them sometimes but not often enough and the two of them would be a pre-shot routine and um, focusing on one physical cue. Um, so often when I'm coaching bowlers, they, you know, pick up their ball and they stand and they're holding their ball talking to somebody, you know, in their league play, or they pick up the ball and they go right away, or they're doing something different every time they bowl. And, you know, bowlers just need to realize that what you do before you throw a shot is what sets your body into that routine. It's all about muscle memory. So if you can get your mind 
kind of like a muscle memory where you're doing the same thing with your brain before you go through every shot, you're much more likely to repeat that shot. Um, and that gets into the physical cue part where so many bowlers think about, you know, 18 different things while they're, you know, they're going up the approach. They're only taking, you know, four or five steps, and it's only, it only lasts a couple of seconds. But those couple of seconds, they're trying to control 18 aspects of their swing, and you can't do that. So I try to, whenever I'm talking to people, get them to just focus on one, maybe two things that they need to do to be able to, you know, repeat their shot. If it's just cueing in on, okay, a nice free feeling in the swing or, you know, a slow first step or something like that, just to, you know, get them going and let everything flow from there instead of trying to control every aspect and make sure every aspect is right. Because the more you try to do that, the the worse you're going to be. You know, I find that kind of funny, Ty, that, you know, we have our, our human brain is, is an unbelievably uh, complex machine in our head. I mean, it's, it's a supercomputer, let's call it. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know, humans, it seems, you know, in, probably in any sport, need to focus on one element at a time, perfect that one element, and then move on to a second element. It's really, really difficult to multitask when trying to learn from a coach and I, I fall victim to this when I'm helping someone. I may throw out a few things at them at once rather than just one element because I see so many things that, that possibly need correction. Need some uh, work, yeah. Did you, you find the same? Yeah, it is tough sometimes um, when you are uh, dealing with some bowlers that have a lot to work on. You, you do want to help them as much as possible, um, but you you got to try to limit the information because like you said, the human brain can handle it all, but it can't necessarily control the body and repeat everything all at one time. So, you know, I found when working with bowlers, you know, the simpler you can make it and, and try to identify the, the biggest problem and, and work on that, you know, first, uh, and also try to explain the relationship between the, the, you know, what you're working on and the next step, but really try to make sure that the, the, the mind is only on one thing. When you're trying to change something, it's hard enough to you know, correct or, or change muscle memory, it's impossible to try to correct muscle memory in three different places at the same time. You know, if, if you can really get the, the change you want, oftentimes other things will be corrected automatically just because you're getting the body in a better position. So without thinking about it, oftentimes things will improve down the chain, but you really got to try whether you're trying to change something or just focus on repeating the next shot you know, pick that one thing that, that you need to do to, you know, execute well and, and do that. Well, Ty, we're going to wrap it up right there. Lots of stuff. We could continue on and on and on, as this is just a great conversation here. We're having lots of great knowledge for our listeners, and, and we're definitely going to have to get you back on the show again. Again, uh, again Ty Rose uh, joining us. He's uh, Check him out on Twitter, at Canuck Coach, also uh, at Canuck underscore Coach. Also go to his website, gold bowling, goldmedalbowling.ca. Uh, Ty, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, Great talking to you. Like I said, we can go on forever. I love talking bowling, so whenever you want, uh, I'm free. Ty, I I appreciate you as well being on the show, and uh, I'll tell you, you are wise beyond your years, and uh, I think Canada's team is in good hands. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. For Tim Burke, Joe Serrar, Ty Rose, good luck and good bowling.